settle down now and get comfy. You're about to sleep with a celebrity. Let your weary mind be free. There's someone kind of famous who you can't see. It's time for sleeping with celebrity. Hello, sleepyheads, and welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities. I'm John Moe. I'm glad you're here. As you know, on this audio program, we invite our guests to step out of the limelight and step into the nightlight. On this program, for just one bedtime, we don't want them to bring their A-game, but rather their Z-game. It is a podcast where you can sleep, you can simply relax, you can take a break from stress and intensity. Just ahead, we'll be sleeping with Stephanie Wilder-Taylor and Cecily Nobler, and they're going to talk with me about the Bare Naked Ladies. The band. But before all that, I invite you to settle in and get comfortable while I tell you about another program here on the Maximum Fun Network. Sleepyheads, I have a series of questions to ask you, and I'd like you to answer them honestly, but quietly, in your own head. This is, after all, a sleep podcast. It wouldn't make sense to ask you to talk before bed. All right, here are the questions. Have you ever wanted to know why Saturday mornings are reserved for cartoons? Or how the virtual pet website Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Of course you have, and that is perfectly normal. Well, I'm going to let you in on some true goss. Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries is back, and you can hear new episodes with hosts Austin and Brenda every week on Maximum Fun. That's Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. And now for our guests. Stephanie Wilder-Taylor and Cecily Nobler are comedians, authors, podcasters, and longtime friends with one another. They have two podcasts they host together. One is called Rose Pricks, about the Bachelor reality television program. And the other is Bored AF, where the F stands for the F word. Of course, they each have full lives independent of the other. Stephanie is currently promoting her latest memoir, Drunkish. And Cecily is a film critic, and films are like books that can't stand still. They also have lots of television credits, but we have a limited amount of time to speak, and we want to speak with them. Stephanie and Cecily, welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities. Hello. How are, how are you? Are you tired? I'm, I'm wide awake, actually. I'm ready to, to pilot this ship to dreamland with your assistance. Mm. We're excited to be here. Hi, Cecily. Hello, Stephanie. I feel so calm. This is better than any Xanax that I've ever taken. How dare you? (laughs) I like to start off these conversations with a question or two about sleep. 
Um, let's start with Stephanie. Stephanie, what's the best night of sleep you've ever had? You know, I uh, recently heard an episode that you did with Lori Kilmartin mm. talking about sleeping when she had a new baby. And I thought, oh, that's so relatable. My best night of sleep was the first time my husband took our newborn baby at the time. She's 19 now and slept with her the entire night on his chest because otherwise she would cry. And I, I got about six hours of uninterrupted sleep. Ooh, that sounds nice. Cecily, what about you? Sleeping has always been kind of an issue for me. So I do take sleeping aids like the Ambien Mm. and I sometimes take it. uh, And then I think I have a really good night's sleep. I feel good. And then I wake up. I actually did this recently. Uh, I woke up and realized I had friend requested my gynecologist on Facebook. So I could say that that was a good night of sleep, but I made some bad decisions. She declined the request, by the way. She did not accept my friend request, as you would imagine. Right. That's more That's more professional on her part. Yeah. Do you sleep in the same position every night, Cecily? I am a, I'm a side sleeper, so I think I do. Okay. I th- I've never really thought about that, but yes, I think I sleep on my right side facing my beagle. Oh. Mm-hmm. What's your beagle's name? His name is Monroe. He's a mix. I don't want to lie and say straight beagle, but he's a lot of things. He's got some beagle tendencies. Yes. Yes. Stephanie, do you stay in the same position the whole night through? I'm glad you asked because I was starting to feel left out of that part of the conversation. (laughs) I was was thinking, well, maybe I'm not interesting Mm -hmm. enough about Mm -hmm. how I sleep. I do. I sleep on my side as well. Facing my dog, Penelope, oh. who is a mixed breed, a mixed terrier, mutt. When you two work together and it gets to be a, a long day and putting in a lot of work making two podcasts, do you ever take a nap with both Penelope and Monroe in the center <laughs> of the bed and you, the two of to you facing your dogs? <laughs> I wish. Okay. Well, we are going to soon because I think we're going to move in together since we already spend so much time. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Bare Naked Ladies, the <laughs> Ooh, band from yes. Canada. Mm-hmm. When we contacted you about appearing on this show, you were enthused to pick this particular topic. What is it about this band and or this fandom that uh, makes such an impact on the two of you? Stephanie, do you want me to take this one? Yeah, you start. I think, okay, the thing with Stephanie and I, we we met as comics. So we have a lot of friends that are funny and absurd. And no, we never take anything super seriously. Nothing's ever very earnest. And we both came to love Bare Naked Ladies in different ways at different times. But what bonded our friendship or one of the things that bonded Stephanie and I were that we both love this band non-ironically because... The band is all the things it's they're musically so very talented. They've obviously like won Junos and stuff, but, and Grammys, I think, but, but they're also fun and funny and silly. And a lot of people are, that are music snobs won't admit how fun and fun that is. And Steph and I were both like, well, we're not too cool to admit that we like fun and funny and ridiculous. Like we love it. So it was one of the things that kind of literally made us friends in the nineties. 
Oh, the I know. 90s. I, the 90s. Were you passing cassettes back and forth? Oh, I did have a cassette. Oh, yeah. I can't remember if it was a cassette or a CD, but I went to go, I was doing stand up, you know, many, many, many years ago. I'm in my 50s now, but in my 20s, there was a place called the Ventura Concert Theater. And the person who booked that concert theater invited me. He said, There's a band called the Bare Naked Ladies, and you can come see them because I was, you know, I worked for him and I'd never heard of the band before, but I said, okay, I'll, I'll come out and check them out. And I went with my friend, let's call her Susan. So Susan and I went to go see the band and then we got to meet them afterwards in the green room. And, uh, oh, they were, I thought they were fantastic. I thought they were, the songs were beautiful. The melodies right up my, everything about it was right up my alley. And then because they were not well-known, at least in the States, I found out later they were pretty big in Canada, but I hadn't heard of them. And so we got to talking to them. And then my friend, Susan ended up kind of having a relationship with the drummer oh. in the band. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's put it this way. They are very accessible. Well, before we get to that, this is kind of an amazing, like serendipitous thing that happened with Steph and I. So I found them, I was traveling through the Middle East when I was in college. And um, I don't know why I'm yelling that. I'm going to say that more quietly. And there were some Canadians with me uh, and we were on a bus from Istanbul into like the middle of Turkey. We were just traveling all around and I didn't have anything to listen to. And I had my little walk, an actual Walkman tape player and he had Gordon. He had mm. the tape, the you know, nineteen ninety two's Gordon. Yes, yes, and I had never, I'd never heard such a thing. I mean, I'm, a, I've been a music lover, and I usually love sort of indie, off the beaten path stuff, but I had never heard anything like this. And I listened to it probably till the tape broke, and no one else really knew. So, cut to, I moved to Los Angeles in ninety four. So this would have been about ninety five. That brings us to the concert that Stephanie's talking about in Ventura. And we didn't know each other yet. So Steph and I didn't know each other, but we're both drawn to this concert an hour away from Los Angeles. Okay. And so Steph, you want to go with your thing first? No, because no, you tell them what happened though. What, how, what happened afterwards? Cause you also met them afterwards. Right. So we go, and I don't know if you guys know this, but if you're a big fan, you know, that during, um, a million dollars, the song, you're supposed to bring Kraft macaroni. You you have to throw pasta onto the stage. Because they say if they had a million dollars, they would still eat Kraft dinner, which Mm -hmm. is Canadian for macaroni and cheese. That's right. I wouldn't have to eat Kraft dinners, but I would still eat Kraft dinners. I would just eat more. That's the line. We thought that was amazing. We did the thing. We bought the stuff separately of each other. They don't allow you to throw macaroni and cheese on the stage anymore. Not at the Greek. No, mm-hmm. no. But back then in this thing, you could throw it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I dragged my friend, Jen. We do the whole thing. I'm so into this band. I'm crying at all the ballads. I'm dancing around at Yoko Ono. Like I just, I love, love it so much. So afterwards we're kind of hanging around by the backstage door. There really wasn't much. It was, it kind of felt like a school auditorium, this theater actually. And we're kind of just hanging around. And the security guard was like, Hey, Hey, you too. You want to go backstage? <laughs> and so we said, yes. And I went back and just had the only person I met was my favorite, my absolute favorite, who's Stephen page and is still one of my all-time favorite performers. Uh, he was so nice. 
he was so like, he felt like a brother. He wasn't hitting on me. It wasn't anything like that. He was just really cool and asking us questions about us. And he said, well, I love that you love the band. You should come back tomorrow and see us again and hang out with us. And I said, no, (laughs) I couldn't because it was the high holidays. I am not very religious. It's very important to know that that was the dumbest choice of my life. And my life could be totally different now. I'm not a religious person. I have no idea why. So why did you say it? I really was going to like a Yom Kippur thing. Okay. (laughs) But I could have easily bailed on that. And so that was it. And until years later, which we'll get to. But so Stephanie had a different thing happen. Well. Stephanie, what happened? (laughs) Okay. So what had happened was mm-hmm. <laughs> I we hung out, my friend and I, my friend Susan and I hung out with the band. And then we met up with them at another show, got backstage. We end up, so this happens a few times in a row where when they're in town, my friend hooks up with one of the band members. And then at one point I was along with her and there wasn't any... They, I think they all were married. I don't know how this all worked, but there was one of the bandmates was filling in for somebody else and who's now in the band. Hmm. And I was kind of stuck with him in the, you know, my friend's off doing her thing with her guy. And so this guy is like the only one that's not married or doesn't have a girlfriend. And he's like, well, I don't know. Do you want to come back to my room? So I did. <laughs> Even though high holidays, Stephanie's also Jewish, okay. but very, go on. And I'm very religious. <laughs> no, I'm not very religious, but um, yeah. And let's just put it this way. Uh, somehow I feel like he read me some, some journal entries. Oh, this is, this is how, this is how I remember it. You know, don't, this isn't a deposition, obviously this is no. a podcast, but I remember that he's <laughs> reading me some journal entries from the road and at a certain point we kind of ran out of things to talk about so we fooled around a bit we i didn't sleep with him even Mm -hmm. though i know this podcast is sleeping with celebrities this isn't a full (laughs) but some other stuff did happen sometimes it's fooling around with celebrities Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which can also be really a celebrity he was Mm -hmm. like a fill-in he was a temp Mm -hmm. he was a temp he was a bare naked ladies temp But now I do believe he got hired on full time, as sometimes happens when you're a temp, if you do a good job. Exactly. Exactly. He didn't have to go back to the agency. He got hired on. (laughs) Right. Right. And then I tried to write a story about it for an old for a book that I was writing. And I wrote the whole story out and then I sent it in to be published in this book in one of my books that was a book of memoir like essays. And my editor said I think you might not want to publish this one. (laughs) Because it was sensitive? I just think, I think he thought, why, why? Like, why Mm. do you want to do that? Why do you want to open that? Like, sure, it's happened. I guess it's true. And they can't really sue you. But why? Like, and I, and at the time, the why, the answer to the why was that, um, I didn't have like enough stories and this was going to add to my word count, but he just said, I think we should leave this one out. And I'm so glad we did. Well, 
I should advise you that that Stephen Page has been on this program before, and and uh, I would consider him a friend. Stephen, of course, is no longer in the band, right? So I I would he say you're probably safe. Yeah, he's not going to tell. I think he's going to be on my side on this one. I think so too. Also, can I just add and that Cecily and I went to go see Stephen at the Troubadour hmm. a couple years ago. Yeah, it was it was a one few, of the best well, shows of my entire life. And should we say that this was after the heart thing? So this is a little thing that happened years later. I love bare naked ladies so much that when I I had found out I had a heart aneurysm and I had to have oh. this pretty like life saving, really quick, you know, real fast turnaround heart surgery. And you know, your mind, like your life flashes. I don't have kids. I like I had no idea really what to do with myself and. For some reason, I had just seen Dave Holmes, who I know is also on Maximum Fun, has a podcast. Yes. I just, and we got talking about something, and I was saying how much I love Bare Naked Ladies. And next thing you know, two days before my heart surgery, I got an email from Stephen Page, from your friend Stephen Page, telling me oh. that he was sending love and wishing me well on my heart surgery. And I know that sounds, that sounds crazy, but like it helped me. That day when I was going under, when I woke up, I remembered it. And it was, hmm. it was just the nicest. It was really thought out. He was talking about how when he'd gone through a hard time, someone he said had told him, you know, just keep smiling and keep thinking of happy things and, and listen to music that moves you, even if it makes you sad. Mm-hmm. And then it also, he said, it, he said that included reggae, which he could never get into. And I agree. I also don't like reggae. So it was kind of a funny, like, but when that happened, so a few months after I survived the heart surgery, I saw that Stephen was playing the Troubadour, and that's what Steph was talking about. I, I kind of made you go, like, you were down for it, though, right? You were right. in. But what about the letter that you wrote back to him? I don't remember what I what I wrote back. What did I, did I say? But I just- You just, tried to keep up the correspondence. <laughs> I did, but not, not, not romantically, not inappropriately, no, but I did. No. I did think we were going to be best friends forever. Mm. And appropriately, just like my gynecologist who declined my friend request, sometimes you do have to back off. Sometimes but he you was, need some distance. He's such a good guy. He was so amazing at the Troubadour. We were blown away. And then we decided a couple of years later to go see the band without him because they were they always play at the Greek. And we were not as blown away, I mm. guess, would be the way. Now, what what I wonder is how this experience, because, you know, you can like a band, but most of the time it doesn't get to the point in which the two of you like this band, Mm -hmm. Um, the the intimate familiarity with the band. Mm -hmm. You know, we we all like the Beatles, but we haven't done lots of things with Ringo. (laughs) How does this affect how you hear the music of Bare Naked Ladies Mm -hmm. since that time? The following are real reenactments of pretend emergency calls. 
Only on MaximumFun.org. How does this affect how you hear the music of Bare Naked Ladies since that time? Right. Very good question. I mean, for me, okay. And this leads me to why I wrote the book Drunkish, because I was a bit of an alcoholic. And so some of my memories are kind of blurry from that time. I mean, if I hadn't written all this down, I probably wouldn't remember it. So I guess it doesn't affect me in a negative way because it seems so far in the past and almost like a dream that happened. And the music is still really great. And I believe that that band member is, is the, in the band now. Mm-hmm. But I, but to, I'm being completely honest when I say that I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> and when Cecily went, and I went to see them, I was like, yeah, I guess that's the guy. That is the, I mean, it we Googled be, it. It was the, the guy. Name. It was the yeah. guy. Yeah. Same but guy. it doesn't, it doesn't feel, it doesn't, it was so, so long ago. I have no, it's not like a visceral memory. So it does not detract for me. How about you? And Cecily, I'm sure it only adds to you. It only added. I mean, I already loved him so much. And I especially loved, I loved when Steven did his solos. I loved his solo album. He played a lot of those songs at the Troubadour. We also obviously love all our favorites from Bare Naked Ladies, especially the first three, I'd say first three albums. But after he was so kind to write that email, like now it just feels, even though we're not, I don't want to say best friends. And even though it was just friends though. Even though it was just one email to me and one email back thanking him for his kindness. Yeah, I, I feel like we could say best friends though, right? Is that, mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. okay? I feel like that. I mean, I got a necklaces made up for us. And if if he is listening, he can have either the beef fry or the S end, whichever part puts our best friend heart together. But it made the music even better. And I we genuinely especially love Steven, but we love the band. Did you have the experience that my wife had when we saw Stephen play solo in concert where he began to play the song Brian Wilson from Gordon and then you just cried a whole bunch? Yes, yes. I have it on. I I recorded a lot of that. So I have Stephanie and I at that show and like because it's bringing us it's bringing you back to a time. It's not just the song is great, which it is, but it brings you back to like 92 to 94. Just like, how can anything in the past not be better than what it is now? <laughs> Isn't that just what life is? I think we're, so. We were younger. It was better. Do you go to a lot of concerts together these days? We don't. I go to a lot of shows, but we don't go that often together. Well, we we did go to, I mean, well, have we been to something besides... The bird, we were gonna go weren't we gonna go see Sha- i want to say not sean colvin we somebody. were gonna go see jackson brown but i ended up going by myself to that one remember i was trying to mm-hmm. we were looking at tickets but it's funny in la because i'm in hollywood and she's in the valley and it's like we're in different we talk every day and we do podcasts every day but it's like we might as well be in different cities even though we're about 25 minutes away oh is is 30. that big is the big mountain in between the two of <laughs> yeah. you? There's a there's a bit of a mountain. There's a yeah. mountain for sure, yeah. Figuratively. Okay. <laughs> Metaphorically, we're working through it. My producer is based in Los Angeles and wants to know, do you take the 101 or Laurel Canyon? Oh, 101 when possible. But yeah, you do get kind of clogged up there around Highland and Franklin. Mm-hmm. That's a That's a bit of a... 
a tough one. Yeah. But sometimes I will take Laurel, but then you have to sort of get off Laurel. It, it's a bit roundabout. Mm-hmm. If you take mm-hmm. Laurel and you go all the way, then you have to sort of take a left onto Hollywood uh, Boulevard. You've kind of overshot the mark. It's it gets complicated. Well, I uh, here's a little here's a little peek behind the curtain. I don't like to drive freeways. Oh, I actually live in Los Angeles and like haven't driven. I'll be on the freeway as a passenger, but as a driver, I haven't done that in like 15 years. So I Why? always take Laurel. It just scares that Norm McDonald used to have a great bit about it. Like he didn't either. He eventually just didn't drive at all. But um, the idea that we're just in these metal boxes going 70 miles an hour next to another metal box and trusting these idiots next to us to just do what they're supposed to do is just madness. And it only really adds usually about 10 minutes onto your commute if you're driving. I mean, if you take Laurel versus 101, it's it's about 10 extra minutes. That's prettier. Yeah. And you get to see which businesses are opening and which businesses are closing, mm-hmm. which is That's always right. interesting. Yes. I want to I want to bring up something and I I just feel like this is the right podcast. This is the right situation to do it. And that is that another musician that I really really like and I feel like doesn't get the respect. No. From Cecily. I know who you're going to Well, there's two, but the main one is Kenny Loggins. I love Kenny Loggins. I I went to see him at the bowl. It's not well, Kenny no, Loggins. You went to go see Kenny Loggins and Jim Messina, and it wasn't really your first choice. You were invited, and you were like, "Yeah, okay," but you don't uh, love him the way there, I there's, do. There's someone that Stephanie loves. We, I think, we both like Kenny Loggins, but there's someone Stephanie loves that I fear. I feel very strongly you that I do not love me, but I'm your brother. Oh, you're talking about a certain Doobie brother. Yeah, also very, very much a career in his own right. And his name is Mr. Michael McDonald. Don't put Mr. in front of it because that just you're, it's like you're knighting him in some way. And it's... Cecily, you don't even want to honor the honorific <laughs> Mr. I don't personally. I just cringe. I get the douche chills, as they say in writer's rooms. I'm sure you've heard that expression, douche chill. Douche chill. Mm-hmm. Like you're just so cringy that you just get a chill. I can't explain how offended I am right now. It's it's a whole body, whole body mm-hmm. offend. I have offend chills. Well, mm-hmm. let, let, how let's, do you argue that Michael McDonald's got one of the most beautiful no. blue-eyed soul? Let's hold Anyone? a trial here briefly. <laughs> and we're putting Michael McDonald on trial. And so, Stephanie, you have one minute to make your case in the proponency of Michael McDonald. After which okay. Cecily will have a chance to respond. Okay, who is how? Who's timing me? Am I just? I'm going to self time. Do you mind if I self time? You can self time. Okay, for one thing, you're going to have to cut me off if it goes too long because I do get very long winded about my friend Michael McDonald. So first of all, he's a really really nice person who is absolutely on the right side of things politically. And he's outspoken. Now, this is just, I'm saying beyond the music, which speaks for itself. If you ever heard his voice, you know it anywhere. If you listen to Kenny Loggins songs, he does so much background for just Kenny Loggins solo ventures. And anytime you hear his voice in the background, you get instantly soothed. I might recommend him for some of our listeners who are trying to get some sleep. 
you know, mm. put on a little Michael McDonald, beautiful music, the most raspy, deep, distinctive voice. But here's another thing. He will speak freely on a place like Facebook, knowing that people are going to yell at him and say, unfollowed all in caps and how dare you and stick to the music that man doesn't care he does not give a fuck and he will yeah we're at time we're at time oh okay cecily your rebuttal you have one minute i don't even need a minute now you know how they didn't they never caught the zodiac killer (laughs) (laughs) yes i don't think there's anything more i need to say (laughs) I think that's that's my time. Clocking in at 11 seconds. (laughs) I I defer back to the court. My Mm -hmm. son is on, is doing speech and debate this year at school. Mm -hmm. And I just went and judged the speech and debate tournament. So I'm super familiar. This feels, I feel at home right now. These kids were like, can I time myself that you have to stick to a certain, so I'm, I'm familiar with this process. And I just want to say that having been a judge, I think I won. Mm. You, you certainly did pretty well. Can I ask you as a follow-up, <laughs> Stephanie, when Michael McDonald is outspoken on issues, is he outspoken in a Michael McDonald voice like, you should recycle, <laughs> like that? I, that's how I hear it, mm-hmm. Okay, which adds to the beauty. And where do you stand on the the Michael McDonald as contributor to Steely Dan issue. Mm. No, now I'm not on. Mm. No, not with that. Okay. I love, I am a huge Yacht Rock fan, Mm. but I draw the line at Steely Dan and Boz Skaggs. You're going to anger a lot of people with that. Whoa, not, that's not for me. That's not for a lot of us. Can I, can I throw somebody in though, to show you that I have good, like, a bearded, raspy-voiced man that I like more. And this is not a joke. It's not All Charles right. Manson. Because one time I did it's try to Santa play- Santa Claus. <laughs> well, on our podcast on Board AF, one time I played a Charles Manson song because they're all up on YouTube, a bunch of his songs. And I thought they were pretty good. And I tried to get Stephanie to say she thought it was good before she knew it was Charlie Manson, but I think you didn't fall for it. But one guy I love that's kind of Michael McDonald-esque, but without being Michael McDonald- is Bob Schneider. I think he's like one of the best. Do you know Do you know him? Who's Bob Schneider? He's out of Austin. He's a singer-songwriter out of Austin. He's got a raspy voice. He kind of looks like Michael McDonald. And he's phenomenal. So if you want to check out some of his ballads in order okay. to go to sleep, I don't know if that makes you go to sleep, but... He's not a pop king. He's not a pop king, but he's my king. <laughs> How about... Where do you, the two of you, stand on Kenny Rogers? Oh, I love Kenny dudes. Rogers. Love Kenny Rogers. Okay. I you love two put us together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kenny Rogers roasters. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's some good chicken. Also, mm-hmm. the mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on the roasters, mashed potatoes. No, I used to. Do you remember uh, Kenny Rogers and the Fifth Dimension? Sure. Just there was a song dropped in to see what it. condition my condition is. Mission was in, oh, one of the best all-time songs. Love that song. There's an awkward moment in the new documentary about the making of the We Are the World song. <laughs> it is on Netflix. Documentary. Uh-huh. Where Paul Simon 
gets very terse with Kenny Rogers because Kenny's having a hard time hitting a high harmony note. And it gets it gets awkward and Paul does not come out of it looking very good. Kenny hits the note, don't get me wrong, but Paul is annoyed that he can't get to the note faster. That's wow. upsetting. I'm not surprised to hear that actually. I've heard these things about Paul Simon over the years. We're fans. We can we can agree on Paul Simon, right? He's supposed to be a bit of a prickly pear, right? Short king he is. I think so. I think so. Is he still with Edie Brickell? Yes, who went to my high school. Oh, what did wow. she do there? She, I went to a performing arts high school in Dallas oh. called Arts Magnet. Back then it was called Arts Magnet. And nice. uh, she was in the visual arts. I was in theater and she was in visual arts a few years older than me. But one day she got, the story goes, while she was in high school, she got drunk and the New Bohemians were already a band that had formed and they played somewhere at some cool you know, part of Dallas, Deep Ellum, it's called where a lot of the bands played. And she drunkenly got up and sang with them and the rest was kind of history. If you had to take any of these other artists that we've been speaking about, Edie Brickell, Kenny Rogers, Michael McDonald, Bob Schneider, and put them in the Bare Naked Ladies, <laughs> who would oh. you choose and why? That's such a good question. We're Bob thinking Schneider of an alive, sure. an alive Kenny Rogers in this scenario. Is he not alive? Did Kenny Rogers die? Kenny is no longer I hope us. you didn't kill him because <laughs> I, I don't remember him dying. I think I would have, I would have been sad about that. I think we're, I think sometimes we just forget because it's, there were so many in a row. Kenny Rogers died in 2020. Oh, in March 20th. A lot happened. I mean, Bob Schneider would be a great addition to bare naked ladies because he's funny He's a great musician, but also really funny and kind of gets the joke. Mm. I'd like to, I'd rather see Bob Schneider and Stephen Page team up and do like a, like a form their own band. Start a new band. Yeah. Could Edie Brickell join? Yeah, sure. No. No. (laughs) No? Stuff says no. You know what's interesting? Well, but not too interesting. Don't worry. Okay. Who was the band that we love? It was well. It's the guy, Glenn. Uh, oh, uh, from Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yes. Who opened? Okay, this is troubling. Glenn Phillips. Glenn Phillips was opening for Bare Naked Ladies at this concert that we said that the band we think they'd kind of jump the shark. Mm-hmm. It was not a great concert. Yeah, this was after Stephen Page, obviously, well been well gone from the band. So you know how I don't know if you know this, but in Los Angeles, most concerts have to start early now. Because a lot of these venues are in neighborhoods and they do not, they have these noise ordinances and they don't Mm. let, like, if it's 11 o'clock, you're cut off. So they will start on time, which is unheard of, you know, from like when I was growing up, you got to a concert at eight o'clock and nobody even set foot on the stage, even the opener until 1030. But now they start right on time. And Cecily and I were at the show. We really wanted to see the guy, Glenn Phillips. Mm -hmm. And there was somebody who was after him. And now I can't remember who. Oh, it was like Gin Blossoms. They were second. Yeah. Yes. Right. Oh. So yeah. it was still completely light out. And it was so unfair because of the night, hands down, the best act was Glenn Phillips. We were blown away. He was so good, but it was completely light out and people were just mingling around and 
going to grab a beer. And, you know, there were hard, hardly anybody was like sitting down and we wanted to know who to write a strongly worded letter to because it was unfair. And then Cecily reached out to him on Facebook because we, there was one song we really wanted to know what it was for. And he responded. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. now we're in love with Glenn Phillips. And he's our best friend as well. You, you have this, this series of relationships with musicians that, uh, that are sometimes based on very brief periods of mm-hmm. correspondence. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. Yeah. It doesn't make it any less true. Okay. You it know? Does, doesn't make the friendship any less real, I would say, either. Right. Okay. Can you be honest? Is this your best episode ever? <laughs> it's one of the more... <laughs> broadly ranging episodes, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only so much you can say about the Bare Naked Ladies. I mean, we could have given you some some more history, but I think... We could have broken down the various songs on Stunt. but mm-hmm. um, Stunt's I, kind of where it took a turn for me. Is that because everybody else got into them with Stunt? Yeah, that's a maybe. I no. don't think so, though. I think... But I do that sometimes. I'll be real. I was really into Ani DeFranco. And then after like album number 17, I was like, I'm going to take a break. Yeah. It's it tough to go back. It happens. Well, Cecily and I both do not like the song. It's been. It's been. Yeah. And we are so turned off by that song that it kind of taints the whole, like, here's the thing. Bare Naked Lady, old Bare Naked Ladies is so crazily much better than newer before they were very famous and mainstream for American crowds. They were so much more melodic. And also we do feel that Steven had a big part of that. Mm. The the Steven page era was the golden. Well, because the voice for sure. It's very, the band is very different without him and we're not as interested but, Ed's, but Ed's a great ballad writer. I do yes. think he's, I just don't think something feels, it, what we said after we saw them at the Greek is that it sort of felt like a Christian youth group. You know, just thought we were, after Stephen left, it just felt a little, like it could be on Sesame Street. Remember yeah. they were playing one song with a banjo and we were, you were like, this, this could just be an episode of Sesame Street. Yeah. And probably was. Mm. But good for them. They made a lot of money off of the, Big Bang song, and I, I hope think it's Stephen a lot of people. The fans are a lot of people that are hoping to recapture the magic that was the Bare Naked Ladies before. So it's a big crowd of people all looking at each other, like, huh, huh, huh. Mm. Uh. Well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm. Well, mm. yeah, yeah. Well. We've gone on quite a journey, Stephanie mm-hmm. and Cecily, and uh, I want to thank you for walking us through Bare Naked Ladies and, and so much more. <laughs> and thank you so much for teaching us all about Bare Naked Ladies and music in general. And Stephanie um, Wilder Taylor and Cecily Nobler, good night. Good night. Good night. Well, sleepyheads, I hope you enjoyed learning about the Bare Naked Ladies and assorted other topics as much as I did. You know, 
something I like to do at the end of my day is make a mental catalog of things that I experienced and or learned. So if you don't mind, I'm going to make a list of takeaways from my conversation with Stephanie and Cecily right now while it's fresh in my mind. One, there is nothing wrong with enjoying silly music. Two, your gynecologist is not obligated to be your friend. Three, the bare naked ladies are very accessible, or at least they were in the 90s. Four, it is your responsibility to throw Kraft macaroni and cheese dinner during the song, If I Had a Million Dollars, at bare naked ladies' performances. Five, Cecily is best friends with Stephen Page according to Cecily's imagination. Six, a good publisher will protect you from yourself. Seven, the works of Michael McDonald are highly divisive. Eight, Stephanie draws the line at Steely Dan and Boz Skaggs. Nine, we can all agree on Kenny Rogers. And 10, the current lineup of the Bare Naked Ladies elicits multiple onomatopoeic grunts. Uh, okay, I'm going to turn in myself. Thank you for sleeping with me and Stephanie Wilder-Taylor and Cecily Nobler. You can follow Sleeping With Celebrities on Twitter using the handle at sleepwithcelebs. On Instagram, the handle is at sleepwcelebs. Our email is sleepwithcelebs at maximumfun.org. Music provided by the Winterbowers. This show was produced and edited by Gabe Mara and senior produced by Laura Swisher. Swish. And it is a production of Maximum Fun and Papuchik. I'm John Moe. Night-night. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.